This is the Horse Radio Network. This episode 527 of the Eventing Radio Show brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. We'd like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for eventing at bitofbritain.com. Well, I'm Glenn, host of the 2018 WAG Show and Horses in the Morning. I'm here with my co-host, Samantha Clark, who used to host the Eventing Radio Show. <laughs> Hello. How long has it been? Gosh, I don't know, Glenn. Let's That's not, a long let's time. Let's not go there. <laughs> and we have the current host, uh, one of the current hosts of the Eventing Radio Show, sitting right across from us. We're all here together for a change at the World Equestrian Games. Max is here. Yes, I'm here somehow. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're turning the tables on Max today. She's going to be in the hot seat, and we're interviewing her. And we're doing that because Joe isn't here. He jo- just, yeah, yeah, Joe is actually, he is, I spoke to him earlier, and he is... Uh, galloped his horses yesterday. The horses are having a day off today, so they can, uh, as he says, pay for uh, actually get his twenty-five dollars worth of watching his uh, FEI TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And has he been badgering you with questions that we we need to answer for listeners? No, not too bad. He's just asking more about um, you know how the structure of the show jumping works, and which I didn't e- actually even know until uh, John Kyle sat down and explained them to me. Yeah, we weren't um, so, sure either yeah, this morning. So, so. It's, a, it's a very unique format. <laughs> yeah. So it was just kind of interesting to get to know that a little bit so maybe you can uh, explain it to us at the end Wait, so we yeah. can explain you it on our show know, <laughs> i should know but i don't always can't, can't Scott explain that to you well i don't think he actually understood so well himself <laughs> <laughs> his instructions are to jump as many clear rounds as he can and yeah, so just, yeah just that's a, they tell just him just when to show up exactly <laughs> get on now do Leave this yeah you got to keep it real simple for the riders <laughs> <laughs> works better that way <laughs> Well, let's. Uh, I thought we would do. We we actually did a special episode on the endurance uh, situation oh, too. Oh dear. Yeah, and uh, uh, it was very positive, and we just went over the facts as they you know. And of course, you know, eventing had a little bit with the cancellation the one day and all that stuff. So I thought what we'd do is just start at the beginning. Sure. Tell everybody what your role. I know you've maybe mentioned it on the eventing show before, but what was your role here? My role here, I was uh, I worked with Shelly Page, who's the discipline manager, and Jim Wolf, who is the discipline director. Um, I mean, more than anything, I just did whatever they told me to do. <laughs> um, but so I was basically uh, assisting them in helping to run and organize the eventing portion of the World Equestrian Games. How long ago did that start? When did you take that on? Uh, Shelly, I think, was properly signed on about a year ago, and she asked me uh, about a year ago to block out the dates um, so I could be with her. I, I help her at a lot of other competitions. I work with her at the Fork and at Central park and the jockey club and uh we do a lot together we work great together um she's got a she's been organizing competitions for so long um and so it's and i know the sport well enough that she can sort of turn to me and say you need to get this done for this this and this and go find this person and i can get that done for her so we work really really well together because we were one of the first disciplines, so you had people arriving on site sort of, what, four or five days exactly, before, the actual, yes. before the opening ceremony. Right. I mean, I've been here since August 20th, um, getting everything organized and trying to set stuff up. Shelley, unfortunately, had to go out to um, Colorado and, yeah. and organize the AECs, which left me here to sort of man the fort here and try to get a lot of things done. There's a lot of sort of unanswered questions and trying to piece everything together, keep an eye on everything, um, because the eventing wasn't obviously the only discipline. So I part of my job was sort of going around and checking and making sure I'd be like, hey, that's that's our jump or, you know, hey, that's our, our stuff. And, you know, because a lot of time people are trying to, you know, get everything organized for themselves. So it was just a little bit of that and uh, getting to know the people and, and trying to slowly but surely piece everything together, what we needed. Um, you know, we made sure that um, we knew the 
the Tryon organization has been working very hard, but they've also run shows all summer. So they were a little bit behind on construction and, and other things like that. So there was some things that weren't completely ready. Um, as you can, as you guys have been here now, you can see that everything gets a little bit better every single solitary day. So we were just trying to make sure that we could be as organized as we could to make it for the eventers as best we could. When we, um, so I think a lot of the endurance horses, tell me if I'm wrong, had uh, tested positive for pyroplasmosis and that affected the barns. Did that affect the, the event horses at all? You had to switch barns from one barn to the other? No, one I mean, the horses are tested before they come. Um, and so before they even get on the airplane, they we know that they're going to be pyroplasmosis uh, into those stalls. We have two barns that were set up for pyro A and pyro B. Um, it just happens that the, a lot of the endurance horses, for some one reason or another, um, test positive a lot of times. And we cannot have any pyroplasmosis in America. So so uh, f- uh, interestingly enough, a lot of times in places like France, for some reason, I don't know why, um, a lot of French horses do test positive. A lot of horses from Brazil test positive. Um, so, uh, you know, people always say if you're going to buy a horse from there, the first thing you do is get them tested for that. So then you don't continue on with the pre-purchase if the horse tests positive because you can't bring it to America. So with that, they allow the horses to come in at a short period of time, but they have to stay in their own stables. Um, uh, the pyroplasmosis apparently is carried by a tick. Um, and so we, with the, there's, as we say, the super tick, because, you know, the USDA makes everybody have this 30 feet um, uh, width for away from everything. And we always joke because it's got to be something pretty incredible to jump 30 feet. <laughs> um, but there's horses that are carriers of it. They're not necessarily... Um, uh, I don't even I don't know enough about the disease to know what happens when a horse is is um, showing signs of pyroplasmosis, but that is what they were trying to prevent any other animals getting that. So if they're pyropositive, they had to be in that barn. They have to be watched a little bit differently, um, and so they wear a different colored number on their you know when they're out of their stables and when they're competing, um, they're wearing a different colored uh, number on them so people can spot them as pyropositive horses. Hmm. And we and we had four event horses that did that were pyropositive, two from France and two from Italy. So the par- part that we didn't see in the back of the house, how was everything for the riders, the part that we don't see, you know, coming in when Samantha Yeah, was I think it about- was pretty good. I think that one of the biggest frustrations at the time was that the groom's accommodations weren't quite ready yet, and the groom's had to stay a bit far away. And as people say, you keep the grooms happy, everybody's <laughs> happy. <laughs> and I think the expectations, you know, I think um, Trine was trying to... Uh, to make everything really good, you know, and at the end of the day, I mean, I, as a groom have slept in, you know, UN refugee shipping containers. I've slept in gymnasiums on bunk beds. I have slept in all these different places. It actually didn't need to be anything too grand. It just needs to be a bed and a shower. Um, and you know, you, we would have been fine. You know, people are fine. Um, but people, some people were getting shuttled about an hour away, which when you're here for a championship, that's a long way away from your horse. So then I think that was a bit frustrating. And then I think that actually, once that got rolling, that was good. Um, the stables are beautiful. Uh, and we had a great uh, Morgan Vaughn, who is awesome. She came up to be the eventing stable manager. So we had one person that was dedicated just to our stable. And she was awesome and, you know, made great friends with everybody and looked after everybody really well. And we made sure, Dougie Hannum and I made sure, went through and swept the barn all by ourselves just to make sure that there were the barns were super clean and make sure that it was really good for when everybody arrived. And um, I think the riders were happy, you know, as happy as we could make them I think um, uh, at the beginning people are a little bit frustrated but then they sort of settled in and f- realized that you know they're here for a championship they have a job to do and um, you know the footing is fantastic the rings are beautiful the field of play part was was excellent and um, you know it was I think it was good I think people were happy uh, horses were good the horses definitely did well the USDA quarantine was a little bit tough on them um, 
because the stables were so hot and that was hard, but that was nothing that we could control at all because the USDA has their very own set of rules, which aren't always the best, but they are what they are um, and they have their reasons for it. Uh, so that was a bit tough, but they did allow the vets and one of the grooms per country to go in and actually walk the horses, which we don't wouldn't get to do any other place. So that was actually good, too. So it just sort of carried on from there. Dressage went off. I mean, it was yeah. uh, it was hot. It uh, was extremely hot. Yeah. yeah. Like it is today. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. It was interesting because people said, why are they having it here now? And I said, well, you know, I think these are the dates that were meant to be in in Montreal, which would be brilliant right now i mean it'd be yeah, we'd be, be putting perfect. sheets on it right yeah either. exactly <laughs> didn't they actually move it back a bit later i think it was supposed to be the in end August, of august yeah. was it okay yeah. so maybe they did that but if we're not that far from as you know samantha we're not that far from kentucky no. and the kentucky wag was in october so it's interesting that we're an entire month almost an entire month earlier um because opening ceremonies why i remember these things was 10 10 10 at and kentucky so we're if we were a month later i think we would see much different temperatures um, and I know we lucked out incredibly for the cross country because there was talk of oh, shortening the course gosh, and perfect. doing all this other stuff. So, um, you know, I think in the end we, we lucked out, but you could definitely tell on the day, the people that did their homework and the people that didn't do their homework. So we were coming with dressage, obviously at that point, the storm was bearing down and I imagine that that caused some sleepless times over in the uh, venting circles, yeah, knowing exactly. whether to run well, the cross country. Of course. I mean, Thursday night, typically when you're running a big three day, Thursday night is always the quiet night because Wednesday, you're always getting ready for dressage. You're wait, waiting for that to go off. And Friday, you're getting ready for cross country, making sure that goes off. And again on Sunday, but Thursday, you usually have two days of dressage. You're like, oh, well. Just got to make some orders a go for the next day and everybody's got everything they need. So, but it wasn't that way because we were making, um, uh, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. And I, when I met we, we, I, they, our event group, Jim Wolf and Shelly and myself and our crew, we don't make the decisions. We just sort of act upon the decisions that are made and we go on from there. Because um, the FEI makes that. Call. The FEI and the event, the, the big event director, there's a group of people that all put that together to make sure that, you know, they've got a person that's really following the weather um, and someone that's really following, you know, the conditions. And um, there's actually a whole formula of the humidity and everything and the danger rate to the horses and all that. So at first it, we were going to shorten it because it was meant to be very hot then we were gonna you know then it was the is it the hill is it this is it the rain is it that and you know could we make it earlier and you know there's a lot of things that come into that and that's just nothing that you know, as we say it's above our pay grade to make those decisions so we just basically react we have to react to the decisions that are made so um there were lots of meetings and meetings with the chef to keeps and stuff like that and um they made the decision to shorten it and the Chef de Keeps came in and raised their hand and said, we don't want it shortened. We want it the way it is. Um, so then they went back and had another conversation and had another look at it. And, and, uh, and, and it was the weather was going to, you know, they still didn't. It wasn't as if the chefs made them change their mind. They just said, can you guys please look at it again? Um, and in the end, it actually, and, and hurricanes, is, you know, us living in Florida, you know, I mean, the hurricanes can come and go. They can change. They can not do this. They can do that. They can bring cooler if weather. They can bring hotter weather. If it had been 50 miles to the west, we would have seen a whole different it, picture. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we, you know, the course should have been shortened and all that. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, there was lots, lots of, lots of talk. What was the thinking um, behind taking out those two jumps? Um, the thinking behind the two jumps with when them with them actually keeping the course long, they were worried that the rain was going to set in in the middle of the day, and they also wanted to make sure that horses, um, you know, I, I don't want to say the lesser countries, but the 
place, uh, you know, countries that maybe don't have as much experience at a championships, they wanted a lot of teams to finish. They wanted it to be a success for a lot of people and for the horses to get up that hill and to have the combinations um, was a little bit difficult for them. So they just, they just wanted to make it um, safe for everybody. Uh, I don't know if it would have made a lot of difference in hindsight, you know, you don't really know, but that was sort of a bit their compromise, I guess. I mean, I don't know if I'm saying this right, that it was their compromise of keeping the hill in, but we're going to take these two jumps out. Um, and I think also, I mean, and from what I could tell, I, I think they probably wanted after endurance was, was tough, they wanted to make this a big success. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew that had to be part of it. Yeah, I, I mean that's my guess. I don't know actually because facts, it was really the next thing, you know, big thing. Pretty was much, right after yes, that. exactly. Yeah. And and um, they just wanted, uh, and also too with horses finishing in the main arena, they wanted to make sure that that was um, viewed correctly. And you guys, are, I mean, what the other things that organizers have to take into consideration, and we'll get to Sunday. We're going to go to Bitter Britain's yeah. commercial first, and then we'll talk about uh, Sunday. The other thing they had to take into consideration is volunteers and staff Absolutely. and just getting there's, everybody there's here. There's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And again, it's... You know, and TV. And I mean, we, there was oh, that The TV too. was a big deal. Yep, exactly. The TV was definitely their contracts that have been made years in advance. Um, and there's sure. a lot of money that's involved in those. Absolutely. Advertising <laughs> and, all, and all that stuff that happens. And again, that's a get way above our pay grade. And we basically, we react to what they tell us. Um, you know, we can, we can have our opinions, but they don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's impossible. Like, you know, you can't please all the people all the time. No, just, no. What a horrible situation. I think in the end, everybody was very happy. You know, I think everybody... Um, well, let's talk about it. Let's go to Bitter Room okay. first, and then we're going to talk about Sunday, the cancellation. Because okay. that's what everybody was talking about. Yeah. Hi, Glenda Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank Bitter Britain for continuing to be our title sponsor for the Eventing Radio Show and for being one of the biggest supporters of eventing over the last three decades. If you need eventing supplies, there is no better place to go than BitterBritain.com. John and the entire gang are there to help you with everything you need for a successful eventing season, with the exception of the horse. You're on your own for that. Please support the company that supports you, BitterBritain.com, and like them on Facebook. Just search for Bitter Britain. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. So Sunday, when was the decision made that you heard to, to change uh, everything? I think, well, it wasn't, you know, so a cancellation was a postponement. Right. Um, and so I, I believe it was 
God, I think it was middle of the day Saturday, Saturday maybe that they yeah. told us that we were going to not show jump on Sunday because at that point they were we were forecasted to get six to eight inches of rain, um, which would have been a bit soggy and high winds. And with the high winds come show jumps blowing over. Yeah. And so logistically, it would have been really, really difficult to, to do that. Um, so to have the trot up on the day um, on the on that day, because that, that's actually you know, there was questions about that. When's the trot up going to be? And so, you know, they, that was announced later and, um, uh, that, that it was going to be on, on Sunday and it was going to be in the afternoon, which of course we all thought was going to be not so rainy. It ended up being the rainiest part of the day, but you know, exactly. Exa- what are you going to do? It's a, it's a hurricane. <laughs> so there was that, but, um, you know, the horses all look pretty well. And, and then I think, you know, the delay was, you know, people sort How of you hung think out. It affected the horses? That's one of the questions people had. Um, I think the people that had their horses prepared correctly, it didn't affect them at all. I think people, you know, there's so much research. This is, I mean, I could take up a whole nother show on this one. <laughs> there's so much research that's gone on about horses and recovery and the, and how to make, how to allow horses to recover correctly. Cause our horses and, you know, and I've, and a lot of it's been learned through the jumpers and, and I've got a little bit of a inside world to that now too. And I just ask questions and I'm sure I annoy the crap out of most physiotherapists and vets because I just, I keep asking questions cause I want to know. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting. You watched a lot of those horses and it's just something I watch now, um, come across the finish line and the horse that pulled up straight away and just stopped those horses did and it's and it's interesting because it's actually 48 hours is what they found out it's not the next day that they're sore it's 48 hours later well, it's like us you're sore Ex- the second day well, exactly right. and so what they've shown now is that most horses when they're uh, especially the show jumpers so you watch those show jumpers come out of that ring and they go and they do their boot check and they go into the other ring and they trot for five minutes and they've shown that the lactic acid uh, levels go way down when they do that. And it's actually healthier for them because it, the show jumpers have to typically qualify on Thursday and then they jump again Saturday night. And so how do you get your horse? And, and that's, that's big money, right? I mean, that's like, we're talking puko bucks. So if you have any advantage, you want the advantage. So they have found, they've done a lot of research of drawing blood and finding out, you know, how soon, how quickly, how's this work? How's that work? And of course the, the, the vets in Europe and Germany are the ones that are the ones that are doing a lot of it. And again, I, drive people crazy because I ask them a thousand questions, but that's how you get to know more and make your own opinion, I think. Um, and so it's been interesting. So the horses that actually came around and trotted when they came in and they trot along, trot along, trot Ingrid along. Klimko was one who trotted yep. for a long time. And then the other one is interesting as I was talking to Bettina Hoy, who is the new, uh, Netherlands, the, the team Netherlands, Netherlands team vet or team chef. They actually got on their horses later on that afternoon and went for a trot on, on Saturday afternoon and trotted their horses around. And it's interesting. You watch the Tour de France, right? And that's a serious endurance race. And what do you see when, you know, the, the leaders have come across the finish line, they finished and an hour later, the Peloton, these guys struggling and they're still videoing the leaders. What are they doing? They're on a stationary bike yeah. and they're just, they're just moving their legs and they're just yeah. getting, getting them, flushing them out. Cause they got to be bang on again the next day. So it was just kind of interesting to see that there, uh, there are some people that are taking some of the human physiology into horses, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, yes, there are things that are different, but a lot of it is quite the same. So people that aren't, and if you look at the racehorses, right, when they go to pull up, it's, they go and they slowly start cantering and they slow down and they slow down and they break to a trot and they trot, 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 trot. I mean, and you know, it's, it's interesting because if it's like a car, right? If we're slowing down, we come to an abrupt stop. It's everything gets sort of jolted. Whereas if you slow down slowly, everything is so smooth that you got no pressure on your tires or your brakes mm-hmm. or anything. So, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, it's just your plain old inertia science, you know, 
grade school science, you know, so it's, it's interesting to watch that. And I think the people that have done their homework, the horses that were fit, I don't think it affected them at, at all the day off. And it, it was interesting to see what people did on the day off because the ring is actually the ring that everybody was schooling in was right outside our office. So we could see a lot of what was going on and what people were doing. And, um, yeah, I just found it kind of fascinating. It was interesting to see. And, um, I, I have to go back and actually I look at the results. interesting all week watching yeah. people, different yes. nations, different people do yes, what they, what they to do did. Horses, yeah. How much or how little they chose exactly. to do. And, you know, each horse is so very individual too, but I found it very interesting what they, how different people prepped. And, you know, I just know being on a lot of teams, um, what different people did. Like Amy Tron used to jump Poggio in the morning of her dressage. And that's sort of what she did. And that helped him. And it sort of helped him open his back up and loosen his shoulders. And she would just jump him over, you know, little four, you know, two foot jumps, about five or six oxers and just do that. And then, then she put him back in and then yeah. bring him out. But it, it got him to sort of start moving his shoulders better. And that's how she did it. And, you know, because he someone, wasn't a very big yeah. mover. And yeah. someone posted video, I think, of Ingrid Klimka doing those little Cavaletti. She's always done the Cavalettis. I've watched her do that for years and it, it helps awesome. the horses. And I was actually speaking to Andrew Benny about that. And he said, oh, it's really changed that horse's canner. I said, really? And he said, oh, yeah, used to have a, a terrible canner. I said, well, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. And so he said, yeah, it's um, it's just helped him come up and be stronger through his back. And those, I mean, Cavalettis is something people have been doing for decades. And we yeah, forget that, that, you know, you can all do that. trot Cavalettis, it's really good to build up stifles. And, and it makes them strong. And it's also good for the rider, for the, your eye, to get to the Cavaletti on time, right? There's so many good things about it. But everyone's like, eh, Cavalettis, meh. And then <laughs> right? Sunday, um, Sunday afternoon after the trot up, I came and watched a lot of the riders in that ring. Yes. And it was sort of wet and rainy it wasn't actually cold but it felt cold he'd yes, been standing in it right. long enough but um, Astier Nicolas he had uh, two rail the French chef had put or trainer had put out two rails seven or eight strides apart and he just cantered down yeah. to them over yeah. and over again putting eight strides yeah. in. and then the yeah. Irish guy um, Cattle Daniels on that yeah. lovely little chestnut oh, there love came her. cantering down she's a witch but she's amazing she is amazing he put uh, seven in each time just like interesting yeah and they both jumped beautifully right right they both yeah. had one down too yeah <laughs> but I mean it was um, it was interesting I thought Alan Wade built a brilliant show jumping track yes. I thought it was great because he did know that the horses had had a day off and he built it right up to, to height. And um, you could, again, you could tell the people that had done their homework and the people that hadn't done their homework and um, the people that uh, have been riding under pressure and, and doing their practice and, and jumping the meter. You know, most of the European countries go and they jump the meter th 35s on their event horses and the meter 40s. You know, they might have one down, but they're in there practicing over the big jumps. And it's something they do in Australia and, and everywhere else in England, that's what they're doing all winter is jumping in, in funny arenas with really big jumps well, and they also, do it. I think I can't remember who asked me. Someone said, um, if it was similar track to what they'd seen in England. And I said, actually, I think it's, uh, quite straightforward. It's, it's not on grass. It's, there's no terrain to deal with. There's no tricky distances. It seems quite flowing. And then I think it was Chris Burton who'd said quite a lot, you know, he'd said continually all week, the pressure of riding at championships changes everything. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, and there's people that, um, that have never done it. And there's some, it's just some people, it's in their nature to be very calm under pressure. And there's other people Ross that, Hello. oh my gosh, she's amazing. <laughs> she she's amazing. I mean, she was, she's the, you would walk right by her if you didn't know if you didn't know to look she for her you walk right on by Facebook her today i mean i think we've probably all seen the pictures of the irish guys arriving at the airport like you know celebrities like the beatles arriving right, right. or something and then ros put the sweetest picture of her um you know so happy to be home and it's a picture of her um, with her family i'm uh, i don't know who it is with some kids and she looks like she's 12 i thought is that a throwback thursday picture or something <laughs> yeah. like she looks honestly like she's I, yeah. I, heard it, I thought it must be from years ago yeah yeah 
It was funny. She came to Great Meadow because I helped yes, organize I there, it and was she so was. Hot. It was really hot, but she was there, and I think it was her first team trip. And yep. I, I think she had the All Star B horse. I think no, she, no, she, she had the other one. Okay, so she was there with that one, and she fell off at the fourth jump. And it was just one of those unlucky things. She just sort of popped off, and but that she was, was her. Still so nice and she was still so lovely. Time. And she's like, "Well, shoot, it's the first time I've ever fallen off this horse." We're like, "Seriously?" He goes, "She said, yeah. What a terrible first team trip." Yeah. <laughs> so she was, she was just so cute and thankful, they took everything and in their couldn't stride. couldn't thank yeah. us enough well, for everything we've for done. That, by and, the way. Well, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and it's been fun because from there, she sort of nobody really knew who she was, and from there, yeah. she's just gone from strength to yeah. strength to strength to strength. So it's funny. The Great Meadow crew was like. She started with us. You know, they're really cute about it. They, they, they find those uh, the British writers that have come over sort of part of the family a little Everyone's bit. Everyone's going to come now. Yes, exactly. I know, exactly. So it's going to be like a wait list a mile <laughs> exactly. long, Max. Look out! I know. I know. It's really quite sweet. But yeah, I think Alan Wade. Yeah, I loved his show jumping course. It was really exciting, right to the finish. I thought it was. But when you awesome. go down to the last jump. Oh, I know. I mean, and the last, the last second to last rider for the team standings, and the last jump yeah. for the individual standing. Ugh. I mean, you couldn't have written a better picture for that. And you know, ha- friggin' hats off. I will say, I watched a lot of the British and a lot of the Irish horses come across the finish line, and none of them could have blown out a candle. They were. Jemma's horse well, had to lead off with two one right. They had to had a groom on each side. For yeah, it was kick. wild. So it looked like it was going down to the yeah, start of the Grand National. Exactly, it was wild, and all those horses, the Irish <laughs> horses, were like, eh. <sighs> "What now?" <sighs> you know, they. You could tell that those guys, and and I give the Irish all the credit in the world because. There is not a lot of funding for them. And they, Sally Corsgaden, who obviously has done a lot of championships herself, has just put a great group together. And they yeah. were a good group. And they had some late substitutions there in the end. But they still came and and just did the best they could. And they, you know, in the end, a lot of times, it's not who's the best riders. It's who makes the fewest mistakes. Yeah. And they made the fewest mistakes by, you know, second fewest mistakes but by far. Now, and now suddenly everyone goes back to work. I know there's like most of the U.S. team are at Plantation. My aunt, Stewards, she's a BE steward. And she said she's got three of the British team at Morton Moral of all places, yeah. which is like a pretty lowly, I mean, sorry, games. <laughs> it's a pretty, <laughs> sort of a, it's a, a useful event. It's a workman's it's event. A, I think it only goes up to novice. Level, oh, okay. Like yeah. Prelim. Yeah. And they'll all be there back, you know. Yeah, it is. It's back, a, the, back on the grind. It it's, is. It's sort of like this sort of whole thing never happened. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Emma Ford, Philip Dutton's groom, and I said, well, What do you got next? And she said, Well, and this is on Monday, and she's, ta- I was bringing the timers, the little Optimum timers, so plantation, to, so she could take them to plantation. And she said, Oh, the two star show, the two star dressage is on Wednesday. I was like, That's the day after tomorrow. And she goes, I know. And so she was getting on the phone to um, the secretary to see to, to Mary Cauldron to please beg and plead to not let her have any horses on Wednesday. <laughs> so, uh, but I think, you know, they are doing a lot of dressage today and on, which is Thursday. And I think there's a lot happening. It's sort of, you know, no rest for the wicked. Yeah. Um, everybody's sort of back to it. And, um, you know, it's, you come and go. I, I think the, I think it would be tougher for someone that's been very, very successful to go back to, back to it. You know, the, like the Brits and the Irish, um, because you're on such a high and then you're like 
right refocus on because there, you know Put you forget your too there's jacket on, go back yeah to the and you've got that, all this that's going on go back with the baby horse i know then there's the whole crew at home that's been cheering you on from home and doing the homework at home looking after the horses at home and making sure they're good for the next thing and that's and they you have to remember that it's still a big deal to those people because they've been cheering and making sure those horses are ready for the next and so it's it's a hard balance i know i've been in that sort of situation where you got to come home and be like you guys are awesome thank you so much this I is on the olympic games tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow you have to get four horses ready exactly yeah. and tomorrow you're leaving at 4 a.m yeah. with, with the three baby, baby novice horses you're like great yeah i yeah, know here we can't get this one over the I ditch Grant. i know i know it is replay on video oh my gosh it is exhausting and then you just remember as we would always say sleep in november you know, because yeah. it just sort of goes, it rolls on one to the yeah, next. Yeah, but that and doesn't even have... happen anymore. No, it doesn't, it doesn't unfortainly. No, it does in England, it right? Yeah. yeah, but here, I mean, there's no break for... No, I don't think I... I think my last um, thing that I'm doing as a freelancer is, uh, I think I'm done December. Especially with the jumpers. December. I mean, they have no real break No, anymore. they don't. And, and I... I there are a lot of people that are quite smart and they just pick, they got to pick and choose when it's time for your horses to have time off. And, um, you know, my other half is an eventer at heart. And so he, his horses get proper breaks. They'll go to Florida, they'll get their shoes pulled off and they'll get be dirty and nasty in the field for four weeks and just be horses and they'll get fat and feral and awful and they'll be grand, (laughs) (laughs) but they, you know, they're, uh, you know, they, they have a longevity, so that's good for them too. Well, obviously the eventing radio show will be back. Uh, Guess who doesn't else get a break? It's you guys. So yeah, we'll exactly. be back next week uh, with normal shows here. Any final thoughts before we go on this and your just final thoughts on the, your whole experience here? Yeah, it's been a pretty wild experience. I'll tell you what, I mean, some things that are kind of cool when you're here and, um, you know, getting to work with all the different chefs from all the different countries is pretty cool. Getting to see all the different riders. And then it's interesting um, having been in the jumping world and the dressage world, you know, just being able to watch and have met people throughout the years is when they come in and they go and they come and they go. And these these top riders are like, oh, that's Stefan Peters. So like, oh, that's, you know, Laura Kraut. You know, that's so-and-so. And then you got, you know, next thing you know, you've got the, you know, there's Nick Skelton. There's this person. There's that person. Like, they're all here, right? And it's kind of, it's really kind of cool and a little bit starstruck. I mean, I still like a stupidly I still I see Mark Todd I'm like oh my god it's Mark Todd (laughs) 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 oh my god you know and I'm like oh you gotta stop it he's you know puts his pants on one leg at a time like everybody else but um it is pretty championships are very very special they're you know obviously the very highs and the very lows but they they uh are part of something that we don't get to do very often and to be a part of it and you know for the dressage people to come cheer on the eventers and the eventers to cheer on the dressage people and you know, I remember in my favorite championship I ever went to, one of my favorite championships, but it was Hong Kong because the dressage, the jumping, and the eventing almost all overlapped, and we were all in the same barn at the same time. Um, we had all the all three disciplines in the barn, and the dressage, everything sort of overlapped a little bit, so the dressage could cheer on the eventers and the jumpers. The jumpers could, they came out to be spotters for the American eventers on the cross country. So it was just, you know, you don't get to do that. We don't interdiscipline enough, and I think that in, in America... Um, I think other countries are better because of the prox. Everybody's a little bit closer, um, and uh, but uh, it's just it's really cool to be a part of it. It's always been fun for us at Wags to see the Rainers come up and watch your sod. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're probably like you. I can teach that thing to put its head down. Yeah. 
I mean, they're brilliant. They, those guys are masterful at, at doing the, um, some of their stuff is, is interesting. And I actually have watched a lot of people um, do some sort of with young horses that are maybe a bit tough. They, they do a lot of the cow, you know, what I would call cowboy stuff, the Western stuff, a little bit of an alternative way of teaching horses how to do flying changes. Or well, how, how many English horses are set to Western trainers to start? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, there are some of the, as we call them, the cowboys, and you know, we got Maybe the that because they're that crazy enough to do it. I don't well, know. that too, but <laughs> some of the naughty ones get sent off. To, we call it, send them to the cowboy, and and there's a couple really good ones and around that will just sort of um, they take the time and they have the ability to do it at the same time. Well, I think time. that's the thing too. They're more yes. they take the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so people are a lot of times are so rushed to get to the next that they skip that they skip that bit, and then down the road, that's when they you know it, it sort of cre- yeah, yeah, and it bites them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Max, thank you so much for joining us. Well, uh, well wait a minute. Me. Thanks for having us host your show for you. <laughs> Got that backwards. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it'll be should be Liz and Paul next week. It right? will be Liz and Paul, and you guys will hear from Europe. Joe and I in, uh, in couple a couple weeks. weeks. So it would be fun yeah, to hear. Be, uh, I don't your... even know where I'm going to be then. <laughs> I think I'll be in Florida. Joe and I will actually be in At the home? same state again. Oh wow! Which doesn't happen Amazing. very Do you often. Know what that I know. Looks like it's been a long time. I have not been home since before Kentucky three day. So wow! What? Yes, it'll be because I went up for Kentucky three day and we stayed up there this year. So I hope you've been in a nice uh, B- uh, Airbnb while you've been here. I oh my gosh! I will have to give a huge shout out to the nice the Ann and Jim Trotman that have put up with us. Um, I've been we've been staying in there in the lower level of their house, which is unbelievable and their fabulous daughter Amy who is so awesome she is a huge fan and a fan listener of the Benning Radio oh, Show. Oh, really? Yay. Yes. Well, and she's, yes, exactly. She's awesome. And she, um, just a big fan of the sport. And Anne was the, she was the head of all of the volunteers for cross country, which is a huge, huge job. Task. She was amazing. And her husband did all the crossing guards and stuff. And so together they sort of put together all the booklets and all the pamphlets and all the radios and all the can, everything. And can, can we end on a positive cross country day? There were awesome. a lot of people here, and well, it reminded yeah. me of Rolex. So yes. It did. It, yeah, because it was great. There was the most people here that day. Yeah. Everybody was in a good mood. They were yeah. happy to be here. There were a lot of people that we heard. We walked the whole thing and listened all day long. Yeah. There were a lot of people who had never seen it before. Oh, that's this cool. This was their first yeah. time. at a, They were locals. And right. it was perfect weather. It, yeah. it was perfect weather, and rain. I'll tell you what, Eric Bull built a beautiful track oh, and, and everybody was expecting the bumblebee to be the one that tripped no. everybody up and nobody had trouble with the bumblebee I know. and how beautiful <laughs> were the turtles yeah. oh yes oh my I gosh. The whole thing. instead squirrels. it was a little bit of water which, squirting up that yeah caused the- <laughs> which uh, boyd martin thought that the squirrels were uh hamsters <laughs> well, the, yeah uh, so i wore the course uh, some new zealand yeah journalists and they don't have squirrels in new zealand no they don't but Boys lived in America now yeah, for a bit. For a little bit. I will give the I will give the I'll give the Antipodeans that. I get <laughs> yeah. that. Like they're like, like, no, what are those? Bucks. Yeah, no, that, which is closer, right? I mean, to me, a, a yeah. hamster is something that your child has in their you know second grade, right. yeah, you know, classroom into that the walls of your where house. then everybody gets yeah. to take you know take turns bringing it home for the weekend. Yeah. That, yeah. that to me is a is a hamster, <laughs> but you know, I was like, that's a big hamster with a tail. So yeah, that's a that's a, that yeah. will end on that positive. And of course, if you <laughs> yeah. want to hear all our coverage of those days, they're still available at 2018wegshow.com. Samantha and I have been here all 11 days so far. We will be here till the bitter end. Well, actually Samantha's leaving, but we'll be here to the bitter end doing shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh so uh definitely tune into that. Go to horseradionetwork.com for all of that eventingradioshow.com as well. Thank you to Bitter Britain for continuing to sponsor the eventing radio show since like the beginning of time. They're amazing. Yeah. John so Nunn, you rock. John. We appreciate it. Thanks, Max. Thank you, guys. Thanks,